It's recording. It says it's recording. A sound check, a one, a two, a three, a four. I'ma go ahead and head out of the dough. Okay. I'll be right back. I'ma be back. We are brought to you by Empower You. Applying for college or moving abroad to the US, Canada, or the Netherlands? Not sure what school offers financial aid to Caribbean students? Looking for scholarship resources or just someone to talk to about the experience and get guidance? Check out Empower You. It's a nonprofit founded by yours truly with the values to empower, educate, and expand the opportunities for young Caribbean and minority students. Empower You offers college fact sheets, college application and resume proofreading and editing services, mentorship, and help with college applications or just figuring life out after high school. They secretly offer tutoring services too, but I didn't say that. All of their main services are free. For more information or if you're interested in donating to this fabulous organization, check out their website at empoweru.online. That's empoweru with the letter U, not the word, dot online. Welcome to the Chatterbox with your host, Nicole Parchani. Thank you all for being here listening to this right now it truly does mean a lot to me tonight's guest is my boyfriend william newmeyer he's one of the most hardworking people i have ever met and i brought him here tonight to share his story with you guys so let's just get into it but you're from saginaw michigan i would have never in my life had heard of visited or learned about this place but it's so interesting, and I feel like filled with very like resilient people. I guess what was it like growing up there? Man, um, I mean Saginaw is crazy. It's it's a completely different lifestyle. I mean, I remember growing up as a kid, um, just seeing all different kinds of lifestyles. You know, there's people that are in the streets, just just really trying to make it to the next day. You know, there's people that are just working nine to fives. You know what I'm saying? In Saginaw, there's not a lot of money. I'll tell you that. There's not a lot of resources. There is a lot of violence. Man, I've I've lost, you know, people that I went to high school with, probably like, you know, eight, nine people that I know that, that I went to high school with that have, you know, got killed already. I mean, these are people, you know, under the age of 22. Like, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like. Saginaw on its own, you know, you got to be resilient to make it out of a place like that. You know, you got to be just, just, you got to be hungry for something because there's not many resources. You're either going to play sports, you know, get in the streets or, you know, it's the rare occasion that some people just are really smart, but most people don't even have the resources to, you know, prepare for school or, or things like that in Saginaw. It's, it's really crazy, man. And what, where, like, where did you go to high school? I went to Arthur Hill High School for, like, three years, up until my, like, halfway through my junior year or something like that. Yeah, halfway through my junior year. And then I graduated from Bridgeport High School. And, like, you played sports, right? You you played football in high school? Yeah, I played football through all my years. I had some time playing baseball and wrestling, too. Uh, I was just a big dude, so football is where... Where I got it at. When did did you always want to play football or like 
was it like I, I guess what got you into it yeah man i i just uh i like being aggressive i was more you know i was an aggressive person i like you know just running and smacking people and, and you know just going crazy letting off some steam um i was a big dude too so people kind of pushed that on you you know like oh man you're a football player aren't you you're so big you know stuff like that and um i mean even now people like ask you what you play yeah but it is what it is uh, you know I, I stopped playing football after my freshman year of college and uh you know I, I was working three jobs playing football and so you know I just stopped doing that so while I could being a full-time student mind you mm-hmm. how many hours did you sleep when you were doing that sometimes I didn't sleep sometimes maybe just three or four um see that's crazy because like I mean I for sure, during college, like, prioritize sleep. Like, I never had any old-nighters unless, like, I did it, you know, for fun. I, I pretty much, like, I slept every night, you know. I never drank coffee either. I don't know how, like, you could just go all day and not even, I don't know, like. About the mindset, really. I mean, like, like you know, I would always tell myself, oh, I'm not tired. I'm not tired not tired right and that's cool that works for so long until until you're falling asleep driving down the road you know i'm not tired you fall asleep then you hit a curb oh shit maybe i am tired and then you hit another one and it's like dang you know your body just starts shutting down so it don't matter how mentally strong you are you know what i'm saying like there's a point where your body's like yo chill out you know we gotta change but even still, I feel like you definitely hustled a lot in college because you had to pay for it all yourself. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, it's it's a grind. You know, I had help from some sources, you know, my aunt and, and whatnot. She's so sweet. I love her. Oh, beautiful lady. Yeah. So where would you where did you go to where'd you graduate from college? Because you are a graduate. I graduated from Eastern Michigan University. Right. But what's your major? Marketing. I have a bachelor's in business administration with a focus in marketing. But you didn't always go to Eastern? No, I started at a small a small private school, uh, Concordia University. That's where I played football. And then I you know, I left there. I was like, what am I going to do? I went to a, a community college. They, they were paying me to go to school by the time you get your, you know, your federal money. I didn't know about a refund until I came to America, and I was like, wait, what? People are getting paid to go to college? I was like, this is crazy. I had had to take out a loan to go to one school, and then you mean to tell me I could go to this school, and you're going to pay me $2,000 to, all right, bet that. So I did that for two years, and then they had to deal with Eastern Michigan University. You know, I knocked out my schoolwork there for another year and a half, and then... uh, I was done. So yeah, that was that was a journey that I never want to go back to. Um, <laughs> school, you know, school taught me a lot. Uh, I was thankful to have you know one of my best friends that I grew up with. You know, he was in the area. He went to the University of Michigan with you, man. You know, Michael Breedler. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I met you sophomore year, and um, you know, I'm just blessed to have good people around me. I was surrounded with good people throughout the whole journey. Even, um, you know, the people that I met freshman year playing football with them guys, um, you know, they'll forever be in my heart, too, you know, and they help me uh, just persevere and keep grinding. I guess I'm curious, like, when you're on a football team, what 
like what is what is involved because i've never been on like a i'm not a, you know me i don't i'm not a sport nope <laughs> sports is not I for mean, me but i'm curious like what what is it like being in a competitive sport i mean it's a grind it's a grind every day every day i mean i remember like freshman year like football is just like you wake up at 5 6 a.m you stretch you eat breakfast and then you got practice and then you eat and then you got film study and then you got another practice then you might have weightlifting then you have a team meeting and then you got seven hours in between your last meeting and when you have to be up in the morning to stretch right and you're pushing your body to the you know, physical limit to a mental limit now um football in high school it, it wasn't as crazy um and we weren't that good so maybe it should have been that crazy right but yeah you got to train you got to train like crazy to be the best it's part of it. The big, the biggest thing that I feel like I got out of football for one was the mentors, right? Like early on, you just have people that are there to motivate you, you know, to just instill those basic principles, you know, as a young man, you know, there's a, I think there's a time, you know, in your teenage years where like you got two paths, right? Like I'm going to be a knucklehead or I'm going to figure shit out. And I think you have mentors in your life that kind of help you figure that out, you know? Hey man, cut that out. Like, you know, that that's not going to take you anywhere good. You know, what do you want to do? You know, some things like that. So just having the mentors for one and then the, and then the brotherhood, right? That's what's crazy, man. The people I played football with in high school, the, I knew these dudes since we were in, you know what I'm saying, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, some of them before that. And, you know, that's, that's a different type of bond, you know? And I got cool with some people in college, but the people that I played football with in high school, it definitely was way different. And what made you end up stop playing football? Man, it was just too much. You know, I was I was working, trying to play football, and I just realized, like, what is football going to do for me? You know, I realized all of these cats had, you know, they were real busy. They were always working out, right? But none of them were necessarily getting cool internships or, or cool jobs right out of college, you know? Everybody was running a dream of, oh, maybe I can get picked up. Maybe I can get picked up, you know? Or, like, then they go to grad school. Man, none of that stuff really interested me. I was like, man, I'm out here beating my body up. Shoot, it's over, man. And, I, you know, I was going to move, too. I was going to move to get my get my siblings, man. But then, you know, I just kept going to school, met you, and we chilling. Do you want to talk about your siblings? Yeah, why not? So we're, tell, tell us about them. Yeah, well, you have man. three siblings. I got three siblings, yeah. Um, so one is Colton, my little brother, um, on my dad's side, you know. Dope little dude. Um, his birthday's coming up in June, too. Probably, probably be like, he's going to be mad at me. He's probably eight or nine, something like that. And then uh, I got a little sister on my mom's side, Tanaya. She's uh, 11. Now, maybe she might be 12 coming up in August. Yeah, her birthday's in August. And then uh, Xander, man, um, his birthday's in April. They're all good kids. Um, you know, my mom made some bad decisions early on with the kids, and so I've been trying to re recuperate from that, at least keep in touch with them, um, try to build some type of stable, you know, lifestyle so that I can bring them into my life, so. And have them yeah. come live here with us? Yeah. Do you think they like living out here on the West Coast? Man, I think they love it, man. They live in Indianapolis. They're not seeing nothing, man. So what do you do out here on the West Coast? Man, I, I love it out here. Um... As of lately, you know, I went mountain biking today. Went and got my, my back tire fixed. Um, man, last time I popped that boy, I was I was just riding. I, 
I think I hit a curb or something, popped it. So I went to the bike shop and got that fixed up. And, um, yeah, I went through this to this mountain biking trail, man. I didn't know them trails was that serious. You know, you're going up and down these mountains and shit, you're running over stumps. There's jumps going through there, riding over bridges. And I come to a spot, this is like a 35, 40 foot drop. Dang, man. But I was doing it. I only got one break, though, so I got to be careful because (laughs) it gets serious. You are definitely the braver out of the two of us. Like, let me see what what else do we do, man? We we like to go snowboarding and skiing out here. It's um it's beautiful, you know. I started snowboarding in Michigan like three years ago, and it was it was cool. But I didn't realize that we only had hills in Michigan. I'm telling you, just like little hills and. And I came out here, and it was like, man, you're going mountains. for a 15, 20-minute ride down, <laughs> like down on a, on a piece, of, piece of carbon fiber strapped to your feet. You know, it's, it's, the it's cool. The views are beautiful. The views are so amazing. Like Breathtaking. I feel like that's the thing I love most about skiing, which I'm surprised that I even do it. I definitely don't think I would have skied if I didn't, like, if I hadn't met you. I definitely don't think that's something I would have considered doing just because I grew up without snow, you know, like for Christmas, we had bubbles like that's what we had for snow. And so like to ski is incredible. And when you start to get good, it's like really peaceful when you're going down the mountain and especially with the views that you see, it is incredible. And like everyone's just trying to support you, like everyone falls, you know, like it's a learning thing for everybody. Um, and it's really empowering when you get good at it, yeah, it and you is. can make it down, you know, a blue, a black diamond, like there's nothing like that. And that's what I was going to say is it's like, you know, everybody's at their own skill level, but it's something that you can always grow at. It's something where you get those small wins, you know, and it's so it, it does feel good. You know, you go down the same run five times by the fifth time. You're like, man, I killed it. You know what I'm saying? You learn the terrain, you learn different, different things. You learn how to do things you didn't even know your body could do. You know, start getting muscles in places. And you're Isn't like, that oh. crazy, though? Like, there's so much strengths that we have that we don't know that we have, but we have them. And the only difference between, like, now and that person is, like, you tried Humans something. are amazing. Humans are amazing. Incredible. And, and I try to keep that in my mind, you know, like, today, I, you know, I looked down the, the mountain biking path, and I was like, whoa, that's a long drop, you know? And I, and I thought, well, there's other people out here doing this, you know? And so I just dropped in. And, I, hey, I was scared shitless. And my stomach <laughs> dropped. Uh, but it was fun. I got back to the top, and I did it four more times. You know what I'm saying? Same with snowboard. I busted my ass, I'm telling you, over and over and over again. My homie Matt said that he felt me fall through the fucking mountain. <laughs> I'm talking about 20, 20, 30 feet away. And he's like, yo, I felt that. You know how hard somebody has to fall for I mean, you to I've feel seen them you fall. It's pretty funny. Oh, it, it is funny, but I fell a lot of times. But now it's worth it. I don't fall quite as much. Yeah, and you go down the block diamonds like it's nothing. I do all that shit. Hey, I, I'm not saying I'm good at it, but you come to spots where it's 15, 20-foot drops on boulders and stuff, and it's like... Yeah, I stick to the blues at most. I'm surprised. Woo! I'm so I'm so proud of myself because like, oh, when, we when we went with Jess, like... I did all the blues in Mount Baker, which, like, the blues are, like, if you're, like, intermediate, I feel like. Like, you got, like, you're good if you can do the blues, I feel. Like, you're, like, you can do anything at any, um, 
place, I think, if you can do blues. And I did them, and I was so proud. And it was so much fun, and it's just, like, incredible. Like it's so, And it was so beautiful up there. The snow is so powdery. It's like a winter wonderland. You wouldn't even imagine. Like, it's so beautiful. They get, on average, like, 650 inches of snow per year here. It's, like, it's crazy. It's unreal. I know. Like, even when I go to work now and I'm driving, I'm always stunned at the snow-capped mountains when I'm crossing the bridge to, like, go into microsoft like i'm always like oh my god nature you're showing off you you know like damn that's so beautiful like wow just like wow i get to see that every day like that is just like it makes me grateful you know what i mean because i try to appreciate those little things and it's incredible you go from no snow up to like all there is is snow. <laughs> it's insane. And all it is is like an hour, two-hour drive. Yeah, you can go from 60 degrees and it's chilling outside to, you know, it's it's 20 degrees and there's three feet of snow freshly falling. That's what I love about the Pacific Northwest. It's like you can do almost anything here. You can learn to fly. There's like seaplanes that land on like, like Lake Union absolutely stunning people are kayaking people are paddle boarding sailing people are biking you know hiking camping skydiving like backpacking snowboarding and surfing like all of this stuff you can do in this one place and it's so beautiful like the trails here the the parks i don't know what these trees are on but i swear if these trees could talk i would like be so in love to hear all of those amazing stories. And it's, like, so mystical in those forests. It's, like, moss-covered trees, and, like, there's different mushrooms growing in different places. And it's just so beautiful. Like, I would swear you would see a leprechaun jump out at some point or something. Like, it is just so refreshing walking through there. It's, like, such an energetic thing. You feel different when you're there. Definitely. Definitely. I love the forest here. You got all the, you know, all the ferns and the moss and the light coming through, you know, and, and the waterfalls, like, it's just so beautiful, man. It, even just riding through the woods on a bike, almost dying. No, I'm just playing. But, but like, you know, you're riding through and you, the ferns are smacking you and you got to duck under a tree and, you know, you got to put your foot out and you touch a stump and then, you know, you stop to get some water and, you know, you see a squirrel, you get back on the bike and you almost hit a rabbit and it's, you know, it's just all of this stuff going on, it's just like, wow, you know? And there's people that go home every day and watch TV. I mean, that's about comfort, though. Like, comfort's an addictive drug that I think a lot of people, unfortunately, fall prey to and don't even realize it. But I think it's like life can be so hard that it's easy to just get comfortable. I mean, like, I fight it every day when I try to, when I tell myself to get up at 7 and then I don't. Because my bed's so comfortable and it's so cold and I don't want to get out of bed because it's too cold. And, well, if I just stay here another hour, like, what harm will it do for real? Like, it's I'm the one setting this crazy goal, you know? And then you just, but then, I, you know, I think in those moments is really when you're supposed to challenge yourself. Like, that's when you have to do the one, two, three, four, five and get up and do it That's anyways. crazy. We think of, like, I was just going to tell you, like, <laughs> tell them about the five-second rule. So let's hear about that. Um... I forgot the name of the lady, which, ugh, like, I feel bad. I, I want to give her credit. Essentially, she wrote this book about the five-second rule where when you experience doubt, count to five and do the thing you were going to do anyways. So it's like, 
if you are going to the gym but you're like doubting yourself you just go like one two three four five and you just go to the gym you know or like if you need to get out of bed and you're like doubting yourself you just count to five and you get up you know so that you don't allow that doubt to sit there and convince you to stay in that state of comfort so to so to piggyback off of what you said like my understanding from from what she was talking about is psychologically in the the first couple seconds when you think about doing something right and i've been battling this going coming home from work thinking about if i want to work out or not right i'll go i'll go oh yeah let's go you know i had a good day at work i'm gonna go to the gym and then i'll go to bed and it'll be perfect right and and then like you know a couple minutes later i'll go oh i just worked 10 hours my feet hurt, <laughs> and, you know, and I am, and I am kind of hungry and I am kind of hungry, you know, and then I start justifying it and then I go, Oh, if I had shoes in my truck, I would have just went, you know, but what that lady was saying was, is that there's a phase where you, you turn from, Oh yeah, let's do that. To, uh, because it feels better to just not do it. Right. Like, well, like it's we not even that it feels better. It's just comfort wins. You know what I mean? The lazy part of you wins, yep. you know? And it's not even like I think people mean to do it intentionally. Like, I think everybody wants to have a, you know, sexy bod. Everybody wants to have good money in their bank account. But, like, to do the work is difficult. You know, Mm -hmm. to stay consistent is difficult. And I think that's where discipline comes in. How many days does it take to form a habit? 66, I heard. I actually recently watched a YouTube video 66? about that. Yeah, wasn't I wasn't, it was wasn't there something else that was like twenty four or it was less than that? I thought like, it was twenty two. For, for a long time, it was something way less than. I that. thought it was like twenty two. So that, that's actually that's I'm like I like that you said that it was sixty six. Sixty six. Yeah, I have to do some research on that because you know uh, forming habits are crazy. Like yes, I actually read a book um about that. I forget where's my oh my Kindle's dead um but it was about yeah. Habit, oh, Atomic Habits. I remember the author, but that's the book, Atomic Habits. I thought, like, when I was reading the book, it was really interesting because the way that he described habits seemed like, like, it was like common sense. You know what I mean? It was like, obviously, you do something. If you make it easy for you to do it, you're more likely to do it, you know? And it was like simple stuff like that, but I was like thinking about it and I'm like, you know what? You're right. Sometimes it is that easy, you know? And I realized for the, the habits that I wanted to implement i had to create an award system to give myself incentive to do it you know reward myself for the hard work um because i'm also the type of person that like will set a goal will achieve that goal will be like happy for two seconds and then be on to the next goal Mm -hmm. you know and i realized that when i do that it leads to burnout because what i'm doing is i never give myself the space to celebrate in the accomplishment because immediately my ego goes well of course you could have achieved that like anyone could have done that you know that is not the real work you know what i mean the real goal is the next one that was just you know the baby step like anyone could have done that um which isn't good and so i'm like working on retraining the way that i push myself you know but i do think it's interesting how each of us how people motivate themselves to do things and like why people get comfortable with like staying complacent. And that's honestly one of my biggest fears is like becoming a person that no longer pushes themselves to grow 
Mm-hmm. And that's honestly one of the reasons I do love you is because you always challenge me in ways that I wouldn't have even considered to challenge myself in. Like skiing, for example, it was not something that I thought I needed to master, but yet it was a skill that was great because it showed me that you can learn anything at any age. The only thing stopping you is doing it. You know, mm-hmm. actually taking the steps to do it. Like anyone, I feel like people don't realize it's easy to start a business. It's easy to start a podcast. It's easy to start a YouTube channel. The only thing that's hard about it is you getting out of your own way. Sometimes it's money. I, you know, I will agree. Like sometimes you don't have the money to pay for maybe the equipment or something. But if there's a will, there's a way. And it's really just about how bad do you want it. Yeah, and you know, it, it comes down to like, you had to put that out to the world, you know. Um, you had to let people know, hey, hey, I'm trying to start this podcast. You know, who do yeah. you know? Who do you know? Or, or at least, even if they don't know anybody, at least tell them, hey, be on the lookout because this podcast is gonna be lit. You know, or or the business. You know, uh, you can go to a small business association um, for free. You know, probably at your nearest college, and and they can help you start a business. I mean, I followed an LLC here in Washington state for like under, you know, 200 and some dollars, um, in under an hour, you know, it, it's not as hard as we think. Take for granted. I do have a business degree. I had some prior knowledge on how to, you know, file an LLC, but there's, uh, probably a hundred YouTube videos that, that will explain the same thing. Um, and, and, you know, even though I have a degree, I still looked at YouTube videos. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the website right there. Uh huh. And I, you know, I go do it, file it, call the people I do know, you know, use my resources and, and, you know, the resources are there if you want to find them, you know, like, yeah. like there's a way to really to get anything you really want. Like there's people that don't have any money that convince brands to send them equipment, you know, if they, if they can sell them the vision that they're trying to, you know, manifest. But one thing I, I found to be really like, influential in my ability to actually manifest my dreams is actually writing it down that actually that the the act of writing it down for Mm. me is step one in manifesting my dreams because one i just took an idea that was in another it was in it was in another form of i guess Okay, it wasn't its energetic form. I feel like it wasn't like in the physical realm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was like a thought, something that we don't exactly quite understand. But when you write it down, it like brings it immediately into this three-dimensional world that we live in. You know, it's here. Yeah, exactly. It's real. It exists on this piece of paper, you know? And so like anytime I see that, it's going to trigger that idea in my head. And it's like now I can move towards it. There are identities that we have of ourselves now that are limiting, but we don't realize that because it's all we know of ourselves. And it's kind of like, I think, yeah, it does take exposure to different cultures, to different ways of living, to different practices of thinking that does the world good because then the bad ideas have no chance. Because there's always a good idea, you know, to, like, explain why we don't believe the bad idea. Well, what do you do now? Uh, right now, I'm an area manager at Amazon. Um, so, you know, the facilities that uh, pretty much distribute all of the Amazon packages to you know nearby delivery centers. 
And how do you like that? And it's it's cool, you know. Uh, it's definitely hard work, but you know, I'm a I'm a leader of about um, fifty to a hundred people, depending on the day. And I just love interacting with people. I love um, implementing different leadership strategies and and really just being around people every day. You know, and Amazon is a place where there's all different kinds of people from different backgrounds. Um, you know, from all over the world, really. And I really appreciate that. And I get to learn a lot every day. And Amazon is a place where you can grow quick. And so, so far, it's, it's been a good job. Let me see. I also just started a business, Blue Phoenix Services, LLC. And right now, it is just, uh, you know, like handyman services, junk removal, painting, you know, power washing, all of that good stuff. Christmas lighting in the wintertime. I just, you know, wanted to get things going. It's just, uh, I bought a truck. And so... Uh, all of those things will pay off the truck and, you know, make some profit and eventually uh, grow that into something bigger. I am curious, like, you've been obviously working out for a while now. Would you like to share your fitness journey? Because ours is completely different, and I feel like it's interesting. When I was a kid, I mean, nobody around me really knew about, you know, fitness the way that a human being should know about fitness in terms of, like, even just stretching, eating the right thing. You know, I, I was a bigger dude even as a kid. So people always were like, oh, you're going to play football. You're going to play football, you know. And and I did play football. And, you know, football is all about, oh, let's lift weights. Let's get strong, all of this. But they it's in the perspective of, like, get better for the team, you know, get better to win, but not get better for, for you. And when I was younger, I was just fat, really. I was big and fat. And, you know, at, at some point, I started to proportion out. I started to, you know, lift heavier. You know, I say when I got to college, I, I started caring a little bit more. You know, just just started really hitting it, talking to people. Hey, man, what are you doing? And, you know, it always happens in the kitchen. You know, it's always in the kitchen. It's about what you eat, how you eat it. I mean, it's probably like 30% in the gym. But what do you do um, now specifically? Like, what do you, what do you, what is your goals when it comes to your fitness? Like, why are you working out? I mean, well, I just want to be healthy. I just want to be healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, like I want to, I want to gain muscle, but I want to, I want to live longer. I want to be healthy, um, and I want to be strong so I can do the things that I want to do in life. Right? I like to go mountain biking. I like to go hiking. I like to, you know, play basketball. I like to do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. And I'm going to make sure that I'm in shape so that I can do what I love to do, if that makes sense. For people that are, like, in the fitness, you know, world, are would you say you're bulking up or are you cutting? Right now, you know, I got I go through phases. I To be honest, I just work out right now. Like, I'm not focused on, you know, cutting or, you know, I'm focused on gaining more muscle, staying healthy. Well, like, for me, I'm trying to gain weight. Like, my goal is very clear. It, it took me a while to even realize I needed to gain weight because growing up, I was always skinny. And, you know, like, when you're skinny, especially in the world that we live in, being skinny is not bad. You know what I mean? But I realized that there is such a thing as too skinny. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like I nobody ever really told me, like, harsher, you should gain weight. Like, people would be like, oh, you're skinny or it looks like you don't eat. But I eat. I have an appetite. I love food. But I just was always really skinny. 
but I always thought that, you know, like it's good to be skinny. So like I like I'm good. I should be lucky. I should be happy. But I realized I wasn't strong. I didn't feel like I was in my best shape, even though society was saying like, yeah, like you're skinny. That's great. You know, like you shouldn't try to gain weight. But as I have like worked out in the gym and now like I do a lot of weight lift, like weight training, I would say I don't really do cardio as much mm-hmm. as I did in the beginning. But I realized I don't have to burn fat right now. I need to be gaining muscle, you know, gaining weight so that I can actually live long, like you said, you know, and be, you know, healthy and be able to run. And you know what really did it for me was my feet and the pain that I have. Mm-hmm. And I, it made me realize, shit, I'm actually not doing a very good job taking care of this body of mine. And it forced me, I think, almost to recognize, like, hey, bro, like, if you don't do something about your, your fit. And it wasn't even to say that I was unhealthy because I, you know, was fine. Like, you go to the doctor every, I pass all the checks. But I realized, like, for me, I, I need to gain weight. I need to strengthen my muscles and it was also like I sit all the day, like all day, and I realized, like, well, wow, what is that doing to my body? When you know, back in the day, humans were walking vast, you know, stretches of land, and in much more extreme and taxing situations than maybe I'm in now. You know, as an engineer that sits behind a screen and is really like sitting a lot. You know, some people probably take that for granted. You know, and you. I want to ask you something, you know, what do you do? What do you eat so that you can gain muscle? Because, you know, I think that's a challenge on its own. And I don't think people really know how hard it is. It is hard. So I'll I'll start back by saying there was a time like in college where I stopped eating meat. Um, I tried to go vegan. I will say I was like 90% plant-based when I was doing it really well. And the reason why I did that was because I care a lot about the planet. And so I figured like I would do my part, which is not eat meat. If it means that in the long term, I'm doing a positive good for the planet. Plus, I just don't like the idea of killing animals. I'll, you know, I just it it doesn't sit well, well with me, even though I understand now that it is a part of life. You know what I mean? And as long as you're appreciative, as long as you're intentful, you're grateful, you know, it's okay. But. I realized like when I was plant-based, I actually wasn't doing my body a service. And I realized that because when I, you know, have healthcare, I got my blood checked, which I think people should do. Like if you're going on a diet or exercise regime, like it's good to see where your body's at before you change something about what you're doing in your routine. Um, So I got a blood test and I basically found out that I wasn't taking care of my body very well. You know, I became anemic. And, you know, you could see that in my, like, just energy levels. Like, I was not, you know, super energetic. I was, like, just tired or lazy. Even though I would push myself every day, I would feel like I was fine. But really, I wasn't, you know. And so now I do eat meat. And the way that I... And it took me a while because even when I was anemic, like, it curbed my appetite a bit. So, like, I wasn't really eating as much. Not because I didn't want to. I was just not hungry. Now I eat really like four times a day because I count my weight masking as like a meal, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I have bre- and I for me, I'm very consistent about it because I know how important this is in my long term goals. And it's like important to me. And I look at it as an act of self-love, taking care of my body and my nutrition. So now I eat formulas 
a day. I have breakfast, which for me, like, I will say I probably am still in a calorie deficit, but this is what I eat. So, like, right now, at least for this week, I have, like, either... We have some pastries left, so we still have some waffles, or I'll have, like, a quiche, or I'll have oatmeal for breakfast, and then I will eat lunch, which now is, like, a quinoa kale, like, green salad to get more greens, because we've been slacking, um, or I think we'll have, like, tacos, that can be lunch, and then for dinner, I'm making the trout still, so that's, like, and then I will have, like, after the gym mass gainer which is protein but it also has like vitamins and carbs to help add calories to your day so that you can gain you know mass obviously but you don't you don't drink mass gainer though no i mean i just drink straight up protein you know like the mass gainer's got uh, i mean 1200 calories per serving but i don't Um, even honestly have a whole serving i'll have like two scoops out of the four yeah, and I mean that's still six hundred calories. The stuff I drink's like three hundred calories. You know, the same amount of protein almost. Honestly, I do like my favorite type of protein is the whey protein. Even though like I have had plant based proteins and they are good, don't get me wrong. But the whey one, I feel like just dissolves a lot better and it tastes really good. What do you think about all the protein cookies they come out with nowadays? I hate protein snacks. You know, the the only ones I like are those complete cookies, but even they have like a weird taste. Like it's good. Those are, I feel like the best for protein cookies, but it doesn't compare to like a real chocolate chip cookie. You yeah, know? that's what I was going to say. Those cookies are pretty good. The snickerdoodle one is fire, but I They're mean, good. if They're you just really need some good. quick protein, something sweet, it hits. Yeah. And it's like an easy like reward you can give yourself as well. Mm-hmm. To help, like, just feel good about the fact that you went to the gym. I realized for me, though, the way that I had to train myself to motivate myself to go to the gym every day was I had to make it about something greater that I would care too much about missing. You know what I mean? So, like, right now, the way that I trick myself to go to the gym, which is it a trick? I don't really know. But I tell myself, like, you know, you do this because, well, one, you get to go to the gym you know, and work on your body, which is really awesome. Two, I tell myself this is like a lifelong journey. You're not doing it just for, you know, I don't know, to look hot on Instagram or whatever. Like you're doing this because you want when you're like, you want to live as long as you can. You want to be in your best possible shape. And so it's like, why not start now? It's Mm. like, it's one of those things in life where the compound interest is like positive. You're not, you know in a type of environment where you would have to be on your feet every day walking and like you know carrying stuff or like doing extraneous activities you have the luxury of being in a beautiful office you know what i mean so i make up for like getting that luxury of sitting all day by well at least i can go work out for an hour you know that's not asking for much and then it's like the more i do it i just give myself well i'm trying to give myself gifts so that i'm like ooh know i'm curious so you are a very driven person and you have very clear goals that you're trying to achieve but i'm curious like what would success like what is success gonna look like for you or where i guess yeah how do you find success for yourself and really is just like trying to win every day 
doing, you know, doing something. You got to start small. Uh, I think, you know, just hitting those little goals, those little milestones, and then eventually they turn into bigger ones, right? Like, like, all right, I'm going to make sure I, I get this much homework done every day. And then somehow I graduated college, right? I made it. It's just about being being dedicated, being determined, you know, being focused on some type of outcome. And I think as long as you put your energy towards, you know, good things in the universe, the universe will give you good things back, right? Like that that almost comes down to physics. What you put into the world, you, you know, you, it'll come back. I actually like watch this video. I don't know where... I don't know where, but it was basically talking about like when you prime yourself with negative thoughts. So you think about negative things like, oh, I had a shitty day. The weather sucked. Oh, I got cut off at traffic. It took so long to get there. I freaking hate what I'm doing right now. It all sucks. Ah, oh, when I went to the gym, I dropped the bell. I hit my foot. Ah, oh, that hurt. Ah, oh, I burned dinner. You know, like the more you you do that, you you slowly start to prime yourself to look subconsciously for negative things. Mm-hmm. And if you do the opposite, like even if you like fake it till you make it, and that shit really does work, you know, because it it tricks your mind. Like if you start to think about positive things like oh i'm grateful i woke up today oh yay i'm grateful i have great you know i had a lovely breakfast or oh the sun was out today oh you know there's new leaves on the tree oh that's so beautiful i get to see the seasons you know what i mean like oh i'm so lucky i have access to the internet you know because not many people actually have access to the internet you know i'm so grateful that i have friends in my life or i have family like you start to think about stuff from a positive lens and more positive things pop up in your life. And it's like a weird thing, but it's like what you think is kind of what you amplify. And it's like the universe is listening, like God's listening and everything you say, good or bad, is going to throw back at you. Mm, that's powerful, right? Like that that's almost deeper than than some things that we can even comprehend, but it's like you you take that leap of faith in the universe. I feel like me personally, I know that if I'm putting out positive energy, I always get it in return somehow. I just feel it. Like I feel it in my body that I know that it's like a karma. You know what I'm saying? And it's it coming back. It feels good to do good, though. Yes. Like you, It just feels like, like even if you're not getting anything in return, there's something like that feels good when you genuinely do something good in the world. But you know why? It's because we've, we've all been at a certain low and we've all been at a certain high like it might be one homeless person given to another homeless person you don't know what type of level of, you know of need that people need in their lives you know what i'm saying like that is true that's why like feeling good is great like it's it's just it's all kinds of crazy stuff man but i feel like i don't know sometimes i feel like people forget or I guess what I'm trying to say is like social media shows you like a small window of like what the world what the world actually is, and like people forget that like there's people out there that live in tents Man, not because they want to. Social media have you so distracted from what what real life actually is, you know. And I can't define what real life is because we're all living in a different reality. But I know that the reality that we perceive. From what we see on Instagram. It's not the world. (laughs) It's not the world, right? It's a small, like a small, small window into something much bigger. But the way things are set up, you know, like, like what we see on the internet is almost all we know. 
Just when, when we when we think about something, what you do? You go to Google. Boop. Oh, and people what? think that that's fact. Yeah. And that's like the truth. Man, you know, people don't even read books. barely read books anymore. People don't read books. I don't read enough books. I don't know if you can ever read enough books. But then it's also like sometimes I wonder a book is nothing more than one human's interpretation of a situation. You know what I mean? Like what makes a book more credible than a blogger? On some level, credibility like, is only based on you and and what you perceive as credible by true. you know a particular source. But I feel like it's hard because today we don't re- like. I feel like people are finding it's harder to know what is the truth because there's so much bullshit on the internet. There's always going to be bullshit. I mean, but man, like it's people, hard. like for example, like cancel culture. Like people get mad so easily on the internet. And they think people only have one opinion. Like, people don't change in a second. Like, I can say something right now and immediately think about it and be like, you know what? I actually don't agree with that. But yet, like, when it comes to the internet, people think like, oh, what I see, that is who they are. Oh, that's who they are right now. That's who they've always been. And it's like, nah, people change. Have we seemed to forget, you know, have we forgotten people change? Yeah, for sure. People do change, you know, and but on the internet, it's over. It's always there, you know. People always gonna remember that. You know, I like Rachel. Showed, well, I was reading her paper, and in it, it talked about this Instagram influencer that's not even a person, bro. It's an AI generated influencer, and it has like three million followers. Wow, gets paid for ads. It's not even a real person. Like, again, this is not a real thing. Won awards as a person is not a person. But it's a and is influencing people. But somebody's behind that, right? You would think. Somebody said that. Nah, but if it's an AI computer generated thing, then no. The algorithm. Well, somebody created the AI. Yeah, but that person, I mean, you could say, yeah, is the owner of the you know, AI thing, but still like it's acting as though it's its own entity. I don't know, man. So they're getting paid. You would think I would assume so. Right. Three million followers. Yeah. And that they could be getting 10 million views too. I mean the like thing, it's like, it has its own ads, man. And it's not even a real <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. And AI is one of those things that I feel like people don't really understand, but you want to get into AI, right? Me? Yeah. On some level. I mean, machine learning is really interesting. Or do you want to get into AR? I want to get into both. I love virtual reality. I think it's the future, hands down. We're fucked low-key. Why do you think it's the future? Because it's just too captivating. It's too amazing. Tell me about it. So, you've used it before. Yeah. But essentially, so there's there's different, so there's the spectrum. Um, On one side, you have augmented reality and on the other side you have mixed reality so augmented reality is when the world around you is completely 100 percent digital i believe hopefully i'm not messing this up and then on the other side um, mixed reality is when you can still perceive the room around you but you can have um, virtual objects in it so for example on one side you have oculus where you put it on and you're completely your vision is completely covered. You're not in your room. You're in your room, but you don't see your room. 
And then you have Microsoft's HoloLens, where it's more of like an overlay on your environment. So I'm still in my room, but now I see different artifacts in my room. Maybe I have some notes from meetings that I have, or I can like see my colleague, you know, in our team's call or something like that. Or I can like look at three-dimensional figures in the room and turn it, you know, kind of like um, Tony Stark's Jarvis system, which honestly, that is goals. I would love that, bro. But yeah, what I think, why I think it's the future is because one, people are lazy. Let's be real. So if you can go virtual shopping in a virtual mall and see your friend avatars and like try on outfits and buy it and your avatar looks 10 times hotter than you do in real life, you're telling me there's people that won't do that? You know, there's catfishers out there now, you know, like <laughs> it's only going to get worse. And I just think it's going to be too entertaining for people not to want to do it. And I think it's going to be so good. It's gonna, I've, like software is one of those things like it's really always a debate between hardware and software. How much hardware do you want? How much software do you want? Because technically you can do it in both. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in the future a lot of what we do is going to be software driven people don't realize like technology is going is changing the world as we know it and we're only seeing the beginnings of that change in like the you know economic world but ai and like autonomous driving and drones and like all of, all of this technology that's coming you know even like um what they're doing with genetics it is coming at an increasingly fast rate and people don't seem to realize what that means for the world ahead of us honestly i feel like the the homo dia sapiens um 21 lessons for the 21st century are all great books that talk about what could happen with the rate that like what is happening with technology today mm -hmm. um and yeah if you really i think everyone should read it because i think if you're a human and you're in a world and you d aren't in the technical world you should kind of know what the hell is going on because <laughs> like it is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. But I know engineers and engineers love to make stuff. So there's going to be that one that wants to build that crazy thing. And like, if you don't check your software perfectly, which is pretty much impossible, you know what I mean? Like you're always going to miss something. You have no idea, you know, what that, what that could do, especially if you have AIs that are generating their own code. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah exactly it can get scary people don't i mean i do trust you know that the engineers will do the right thing remember we watched that one show and uh, uh i think it like they they had a a boyfriend or a girlfriend that was a robot what show it was like black mirror or something oh you mean the one where it like copied like she like her boyfriend died and so she like put his, all of his information in this like algorithm and it created like an ai version of him where it would use like his speech patterns and stuff to talk back as no. though it was him or no, text there, back. there's that one but we, there was a movie where the oh she or her yes yes the I think girl it was, her. It was like yes. she he was dating the computer yep that one wasn't an, an interesting That's but yeah crazy. i honestly could see stuff like that like people lonely i mean i mean i could see it coming to that i mean people have like i don't know man people are into weird stuff so <laughs> that's crazy that a computer could get so good that it could i mean computers already are way smarter than people today there are computers that beat the best chess players today that are that can solve problems at a faster rate than humans can today they're working on quantum computers today 
do you not do you know what like when they crack that which i feel like i think google might have i'm not sure i feel like i read something that they might have that oh my gosh bro there's gonna be so much that we're gonna be able to learn about our world so a computer a conventional computer right works on in binary Mm -hmm. so it's like a zero or a one it's a static state it has to be one or the other Mm -hmm. in the quantum world the rules are different and you can actually be in between states at the same time so now you can run calculations in parallel at speeds that the brain could not even compute man like at rates that we we couldn't it would take us so many generations to figure it out with human brains this thing can do it in like a minute and like 35 seconds or something crazy like that not even probably like 35 seconds like it's that quick and it's like complex complex calculations like the formula for amine, um, ammonium is one of the hardest human um problems that we're trying to solve because that's what we use in fertilizers and stuff mm-hmm. like that and the like this thing can find that in nothing bro i think they built one qubit but like they still have to scale and quantum computers aren't really i don't think from my understanding gonna be something that people use in their day-to-day right it's more gonna be like that's what's gonna support the cloud oh you see I what see. i mean yeah. so everything is gonna run on the cloud and the cloud is going to interface from the binary world that we use in computers to that quantum supercomputer shit that's crazy what if computers just fail one day i mean what if the internet just goes down I, I feel like lost. it's i mean it, it would be rough i think but i i i I don't know. I feel like the engineers made that shit very resilient. But then, like, yeah, if a meteor came and destroyed, I don't know what would happen. It There's not, like, right. one hub somewhere that could just knock the internet out? No, nah, the internet is everywhere. It's in servers all over the world. Man, this is crazy. But what, yeah, they could just limit the server use. I mean, I don't know, if, like, who is they? The government. Yeah, well, the government doesn't do that currently. So. Currently. You never know. Yeah, I mean, censorship is a, a real thing. Obviously, they do that in other countries, you know, where they limit what, what people have access to. But in the U.S., they say it's more free for all, right? More freedom. Land of the free, home of the brave, right? One thing I wanted to ask you about was how you're, like, how you lead people. Because you are a manager at Amazon. And there are things that I think like some of the books that we've read that have shaped, you know, your leadership style. And I feel like you should share that with the world because I think you're a great leader and a great motivator, especially, which is special. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of got to just think about it from, from the other person's point of view, right? Like we've all had jobs, we've all had responsibilities. We've all had somebody, you know, trying to tell us what to do. And so, um, you know, one one really big uh, takeaway I took uh, from a book I read a while back was a win-win relationship, right? Being a manager, being a leader, how do I get somebody to do something when, you know, what am I doing for them? And as as a manager, I think you're you're in a spot where people are looking up to you. You're in a spotlight, right? And you can either win their trust or lose their trust. And creating a win-win relationship, like, 
you, you do that by, you know, figuring out who a person is, right? And this is where, like, good listening skills, good communication skills come in because you can't learn what somebody is about if you're always talking. You have to, you know, kind of stimulate a conversation and, and learn about somebody and remember the small things, right? Start by remembering people's names, and pronouncing and, it correctly. Yeah, and pronouncing it correctly. You know, you go out of your way and, and you know, people remember that. And and just learning, oh, uh, you know, I know that you do music or I know that, you know, you have a daughter at home or I remember that your birthday was this week. It just anything like that, you know, goes a long way, especially if you manage a lot of people. But going back to creating that win-win relationship, you know, like, what are your goals? Can I help you hit any of your goals? Can I help you grow as a person? And, and that's really deep, you know, and, and in school, we're taught to intrinsically motivate people, right? And so that, that comes back to what are your goals? What do you actually want to do? And, and what resources can I leverage with my position of power, quote unquote power, right, to help you be the best you? And now every manager goes, you know, their own route. But in, in another book that I was reading, right? What book? Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. There was a, a story in there where there was a young man and he was working at an airport, a small airport. And I think it was Dale Carnegie. He came and he, he went to go get a plane. And they got the plane and they got up in the air and the plane started failing. You know, it almost almost crashed. It, what happened was is the kid put the wrong gas in the airplane. He was working in the shop. And in the story, the the point was that he really could have could have roasted this kid out, right? Like, dang, you almost costed my life. You made a stupid mistake. But in that moment, he said, you know what? I realized that this is a teaching lesson. And he kept his cool. And he said, you know what? I'm not even going to criticize you. You know what you did wrong. You know, I think you're doing a good job. You might have just had a bad day. And the kid had tears in his eyes. And, you know, he knew he had messed up. But. From that moment, from him just taking that positively, you know, the kid knew he was already going to beat himself up. But after that, he never made the mistake. And that's something he remembered for the rest of his life. He will withhold mm. respect for that man forever because of that, you know. And sometimes it comes down to that. You know, How do you win that trust from people? How do you, you know, it's that win-win that, you know, you know, just being a good person at the end of the day, you know. Um, and I, I think that's really powerful. Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People is, is an amazing book. So is The Seven Habits to Highly Effective People. Yeah, I think that's Stephen what it's R. called. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are great books for sure. I definitely enjoyed reading them. It, I mean, but it just kind of goes to show you, like, treating people nicely. It's not that hard. It's really, yeah, it's not that hard. And most people, like, don't actively listen they listen they like ask you a question just so they you know just to think of what to say next like they don't really want to hear what you have to say you know but i realized actually trying to build relationships with people is a it is a win-win you know what i mean like there's nothing wrong with getting to know the people that you're leading and it's also because i believe there's a lot you can learn from people even those that might work below you. Yeah, and you know, I believe in servant leadership, and that's one thing, you know, my boss is big on is like, I'm here to help you. 
I have no problem doing the same work as you or even, exactly. you know, work that you're delegating to other people. I'm here for the team. And you know, that's that's really big. Uh, there's, you know, people people have egos and whatnot. And I tell people all the time, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm ego free. I want to talk to you like a person so that we can communicate thoroughly and meet our objective. Right. Because if 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 I go to work every day with my ego getting in the way of me or oh I'm a manager, so I said this, you know, then then really there's going to be a barrier there. And I like to break that barrier. Who are you as a person? Let's figure this out. How can I help you help me? Right. And when you come off to people and, and you you earn their respect and figure out how to get them to work hard for you. That's a forever, you know, that that's a relationship you can't beat. And again, it's a win win. And, you know, it took me a while to to realize that. But that's something that I've implemented and that I've thought about ever since I read, you know, the seven habits of highly effective people. And it just changes the way that you interact, you know, with people on an everyday basis, whether you're a manager, a leader or, you know, you're just an everyday person. You know, it it doesn't matter. Like. But sometimes for me, it's hard because I'm shy and it's like I want to say hello to people, but I'm so shy and like socially anxious that I just don't, you know, like because it's easier for me to just stick to myself than to be brave enough to go introduce myself to someone that I don't know that might look at me crazy and be like, why is she saying hello? Like, who is this girl? Like, who, why are you over here? Can't you see him? You know what I mean? But I realized that's all in my head, you know, and I need to get out of my way. I realized, like, I've been in my head a lot lately. That's why it kind of took us a while, I feel like, to finish this episode, too, was because I just kept doubting myself when there's absolutely no need. But what happened? We did it, and it turned out great. This is true. And, it, you know, it always, you know, turns out good in the end. Like, I've always realized in life, like, no matter the ups and downs, it's been a great journey thus far. Like, I'm extremely blessed, I feel, to just have had all the experiences that I've had so far. And sometimes I have to remind myself that, like, like you don't need to work this hard. You don't need, you know, you're doing, like, look at how all the things you've done already, all the places you've been, all the people you've met. There's so much to be grateful for. You know, because I can only imagine, like, in the 1800s, like, people weren't traveling to hawaii you know what i mean like who traveling to hawaii <laughs> when you have a carriage you know and like barely any food to eat because it's the dust bowl or you know i don't know the great depression or something and it's just like i feel like people sometimes forget how awesome life is today like there's so much that we have and i also i wanted to add, like kind of talk to you also about the idea of like scarcity and, like, I feel like part of the world, like, part of marketing is to sell the idea that we don't have enough, you know, that we need more. When there's, like, so much that we already have. Like, there's enough food on the planet to feed the world. And yet, people starve. You know? It's weird. Yeah, I mean, we just we just don't take care of things the right way. You know, there's so many restaurants throwing away food and... And, you know, people wasting water and we just take things for granted. We think it's sweet right now, but we keep, you know, we're, the population is always growing. The resources are always depleting. And at some point, we're going to have to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? And, and the I, thing is, is like, who's going to have to pay for it? Yeah, it's going to be down the line. Our kids, their kids, somewhere. I feel like it's us, bro. Like climate change is really within, like the, the predictions of the effects of climate change are within our lifetime. 
see what happens. All we can do is do the best we can as individuals and influencers to, you know, do the right thing. And I feel like we try, but I also think it's important that companies also hold themselves accountable, which is one of the reasons I do love working for Microsoft is because they have goals that align with keeping the planet healthy, you know, having there be a future. Because what's the point, you know, really, if there's no, like, why even build technology to empower the world if there is no future? Yeah, exactly. And so, like, Microsoft has, like, a 2030 goal to be carbon negative, you know, carbon zero which is amazing. Like they push to have sustainable packaging. All of like our products go through rigorous like environmental testing, which is like, you know, as someone that has bought consumers now being on the other side and actually building consumer technology, like people do not realize how much work goes into the stuff that they use every day. Like they really don't realize how much stuff goes into like if you turn on your iPad and it just turns on, like, the work to get that thing to turn on when you, like, turn back the screen is, like, a whole, a whole, like, load of work across different teams to get that feature to work. We have no idea how hard all these engineers work to give us all of these amazing things that we use every day. It makes me so grateful, but also so empowered because, like, now I'm a part of that, you know? Proud of you. Oh, thank you, babe. I appreciate it. Any last words? Nope. What you about to do now? About to eat some tacos. That still smells so good. You guys can't smell it, but we've been making Tinga chicken tacos this whole time. So good. Okay, well, till next time. This is the Chatterbox. New episodes every third Wednesday. Follow us on Instagram at the.chatterbox. 